Welcome back to the Get More Podcast, where we're going to get you more money, more marketing, more business strategy, more community, and just more of the good stuff that you need in your life every day. All right, y'all, welcome on back. So I am bringing us yet another Just Start episode. This one is going to be super exciting. This is something that I have personally never even thought about starting. I definitely have multiple versions of this that I already subscribe to, but I have Ms. Jessica Principe, who is going to talk to us about starting your own subscription box service. Like, these things have saved me during the pandemic. Like, I, I suck at buying and experimenting <laughs> with new things, but if someone can curate something with different interests and just send it to me on a regular basis yes, please. And that's how you get to try new things, do different exciting things. And I'm just super excited to hear how one even starts that, one even gets the idea, because that is a creativity level that I do not possess at this point in time. So if you just want to tell us your story, who you are, how you got here, tell me the fun details. Oh, yes. Thank you so much for having me, Cassie. This is going to be so fun. I'm really excited to chat with you about it. Um, So I am the founder of All Girl Shave Club, which is a shaving um, subscription service for women. And it's also an online boutique. So we've kind of, we're kind of like a hybrid between a subscription box and an online e-commerce store. Um, And really the idea just came to me one day in the shower of all places. Um, It's where we do our best thinking, right? Um, (laughs) The idea just came to me. I was getting ready to shave, reaching for my husband's razor. And I thought, oh, there's gotta be a better way. I'm always stealing his razor because it's better, sharper, all the things. Um, but like, what, how can I make this better for myself? There's gotta be a better way. And so what I really wanted were, you know, products that were made for me as a woman, products that were unique and feminine and fun to use and would kind of make shaving a little bit more fun, a little bit more enjoyable because it's kind of a chore, right? So that's kind of where the idea started. And I thought, you know, I can't be the only one in America who does uh, doesn't like shaving. Like there has to be other women out there who have the same, the same problem. And maybe this is something, yes, Cassie is pointing to herself, me, me, me. (laughs) Maybe this is something I can build a, a business around. And so that's where the idea was born. And I just kind of decided to take it from there. This was a a totally a side hustle. I started while I was working um, a nine to five job. Um, I had two little boys at the time. And so we just decided to give it a try. You know, what, what did we have to lose really at that time? So that's how we got started. And it was about, um, I, well, I guess I got the idea in May of 2016 and then we officially launched at the end of December. So it did take a little bit of time for research and prep and planning and that kind of thing. But here we are. Anything that can make shaving better. Doing shower yoga is the the most frustrating experience in the world. (laughs) And also same, I would always take my husband's razors because they're so nice. And every time I'd be like, you don't even have to shave that much. You're not shaving your legs. Why do you need nice razors? Like what, you're just shaving your face once a week? (laughs) No. That is right. (laughs) So much commitment that women have to put in. Like you can't just like start or like ignore or like I gotta commit. Like and you have to commit hard. (laughs) I love it. That's right. And we are shaving so much more surface area. So it should be a little bit more of a 
of an experience for us. So yes, that's where the idea was born. Yeah. (laughs) And if you haven't had a brilliant idea in a shower yet, you are missing out. Take the time (laughs) to take like a long shower. I used to not ever have shower ideas. And then I got a waterproof phone that I could take into the shower and then like the notes app. And I'm just like, oh, this is a good idea because they would be so fleeting and then they'd be gone. And then I discovered you can get waterproof paper. Yes. Yes. We have, so we have the waterproof paper in our shower. I didn't even think about a waterproof phone though. That's like taking it to a whole new level. (laughs) Cause then it's just automatically on my phone and I can find those note ideas later. Love it. The notes app is whoever made the notes app when they created the iPhone is my favorite. Yes. Creator of all things. (laughs) That's super exciting. So what was it like just to kind of like start that? What came in like the original package, how has that evolved over time as you've been able to expand and grow and become this whole new entity? Yeah, that's such a great question. So I did a lot of market research on the front end. So I did what we call a pre-launch in the industry. And that's really where I wanted to validate the idea before I launched it and make sure that I had an audience of people that were going to be ready to buy from me when I launched. I didn't want to invest a ton of time or money or anything like that into building this business if you know I was going to get crickets at launch. So um, I really did a lot of time, um, a lot of time in the market research stage in the beginning where I asked people in my target audience or who I thought would be my target audience, you know, what do you, what do you want to see? Like what kinds of things would make this better for you? Um, you know, just asking kind of what their pain point was and that kind of thing. And that really helped me to shape the product based on their feedback. So as time has gone, um, you know, we have evolved a little bit here and there. And I think, Things are different now because we're almost five years in and, you know, maybe a little more polished and the packaging is up leveled and a little bit nicer and that kind of thing. But the principle is still the same. Um, Listening to our customers and bringing products to our customers that they tell us that they want to receive. It's all about them and serving them and giving them the best quality and the best experience that they can have. And I think that when you do that, whether that's a subscription box or another business, um, that's the premise of a really strong foundation in your business. So what do you get in these boxes? Yeah. Are there different, are there different cheer packages? Cause I'm there trying to think are. of, cause we have Harry's Shave Club. My husband yeah. does. And I mean, I like them. I finally got an orange handle because I hated the green one. Yeah. I'm going to need, you guys have pink ones. You guys have pink we do. So I need to send you a box, my friend. Um. I, like, I hate the Venus shave razors. Like the one yeah. I, I have never liked them in any way. And I always just took my husband's and I was like, oh, this one's pink. I'll like it more. <laughs> no, I didn't. It was still not as good as my work. husband's, which is made sometimes by the same brand. I'm like, how? How are it's we getting frustrating. me this? Yes. So I imagine your audience was just like, yes, especially going into summer. Like we don't have to shave. And if you don't like to, don't. But if yeah. you do, there's no reason for it to be a miserable experience because it is a time consuming process anyway. 
That's right. And I think that that was one of the things. So, so, you know, I really wanted the razor system itself to be a really high quality system, like something that would be better than my husband's razor. And fun fact, he actually steals my razor now. He uses our razors to shave his face. So I love that, you know, we've, we've kind of won that gamble. But so what happens is when they subscribe, they can choose, they can customize their box basically. So you can get just razors. If that's all you want, you can add on whip shave butter, which we have in a variety of fun scents, or you can even add on um, like a surprise bundle, which we call our discovery bundles, where we send, you know, additional curated fun shaving, grooming, and lifestyle products just to make it a little bit more fun and special. But it's all based on their shaving habits, because that was another thing, right? Like you don't want to be getting a ton of razors shipped to your house if you're not going through them. So you can actually fill out the survey as you're going through the the, um, subscribe flow and tell us, you know, how often do you shave? And then we'll curate the box for you based on your shaving habits. That's like the most brilliant thing that (laughs) I have heard in this because with ours, with the one that my husband gets, it's every like two, three months, we have so much shaving cream because I like use it, but I don't really like it, but it's Mm -hmm. in every box and there's not an option to be like, I don't really want this again. Oh, I really, interesting. I don't need this because it's just set up. Like we would have to go in and completely delete that box and then order a new box. There's not a custom oh. box option. It's you get this and you get it on this timeline, which I mean, is fine. It just lives under the sink and I'll get there one day, <laughs> but <right. laughs> it's a very, it's definitely a very dude smell, which is yeah. great for my husband. That's maybe right. not for me. Maybe not <laughs> well, for me. you'll have some good fun things coming your way. I'm excited to show you. <laughs> so I love that that's like the option to be able to change it because one of always in my hesitation of getting like consistent subscription things is, am I going to get what I want when I need it? Or is it just going to be like, here's a product, here's a product, here's a product. And I hate feeling wasteful. I hate it. I hate when they're just things just sitting in my cabinets, like waiting for me to get there. Cause I'm like, I, what if I don't get there? What if I just get overwhelmed with it? And then I'll just panic and cancel everything. That, so. And that's exactly, that's exactly what happens. And that's exactly what I teach is when people are looking to start their subscription box is to really think about that customer journey. Like how are people going to use this product, regardless if it's a replenishment product like mine, or it's just a curated box of really fun items. You still want to have a plan to teach them how to use and implement those products so that they're not sitting on the shelf or collecting dust. And then the consumer feels overwhelmed and then they cancel. And with a subscription, the goal really is to keep retention you know, keep your customers coming back every single month. So you brought up a really good point. So what are some of the fun lifestyle things? When did you start incorporating extra? So we always want to like start with like, what is good sells consistency? And then how did you decide what's at this here? And then this here, was that more just like what people were asking for where you're like, well, let's just try some stuff. (laughs) In the beginning, it was like, let's just try some stuff and see what people like. And then we were surveying them after every single box to get their feedback on like each individual item. And if they liked that, if they wanted to see more things like that, if they wanted a different, you know, something in a different direction. And that's kind of how we came up with 
kind of the categories. And so when I'm thinking of, when I'm curating the boxes and those add-on items, I always think to myself, okay, will this product make my, my customer's life more beautiful, more convenient, or more fun in some way? Um, and if it doesn't met, like meet all three of those standards and of course have a high quality and, and, and good value and all those things, then it doesn't even get consideration in the box. So I think um, anybody who's doing a subscription box business, think about what is like your standard? What is the thing that you want your customers to experience? And then when you're curating, make sure that it meets that standard and that it's, it's really that simple. I'm just loving hearing all of this, just like getting feedback, <laughs> getting feedback, getting feedback. Because so often people will just have an idea, throw it out there and then never ask. Mm. Like even if people are still buying it because yeah, it's useful. They're never like, how can I improve? And that's where like, it sort of like taps out and you're just, well, this is working and you're just like at a baseline and it's hard to continue to up level uh, that experience. So yeah. with the boxes, how did you start producing these things? How, how did you acquire these razors and the shave <laughs> gel? Were you, were you in a lab testing this? Are you, <laughs> Are you manufacturing these in your basement somehow? That is such you, a good question. Yeah. How did you get into the actual physical creation? Because I've never had anyone on who has done like a physical mm-hmm. product. So has to worry about manufacturing. I'm over mm-hmm. here like, I have Canva and I made a presentation and I talked <laughs> to people and I just hope for the best. But you're <laughs> like, this is a thing. Making you a know. thing seems yeah. so exciting. <laughs> It is. It's super exciting. And you know, I'm a regular person. I, I want, I want that to come across. Like I did not have any experience in manufacturing or selling a physical product. My background actually was in education administration. So I'd never sold anything before. Um, so it honestly was just a ton of Googling, trying to connect with manufacturers, um, trying to find people that could help us create our vision and um, a lot of trial and error. Honestly, I tested so many razors, you would not even believe it. And some left me bleeding and scarred and others were um, you know, much better. So once we found the razor system that we're using now, that that's proprietary. I don't share the actual manufacturer, but they're in Germany um, and it has been a, an amazing, amazing amazing system, um, serving, you know, our customers. And I just, I love it and I use it. And I, when I know that I can stand behind it, that's when I knew that it was something that I could bring, you know, to the, to my customers. So that's how we found the razors. And then for the shave butter, this was a fun, fun little adventure because I was looking for products, like just fun shaving products, just to make it better. Um, and I found this company, they're a small company in Dallas, um, Texas, and they created this shave butter product that I absolutely fell in love with. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have this in my subscription box. It's amazing. And she's, and she said, you know, if you're, you know, if you like it so much, can, you know, consider us for private label. Um, and that's basically where we can kind of create our own little version of it. Um, and it's exclusive to us. And then she sells it to us kind of under the wholesale terms. And so that has become an awesome relationship because they're a small company and together as my company has grown, I've been able to grow their company and like in, infuse some of that recurring revenue into their business too. So it's been such a fun relationship and, you know, we're, we're really good friends now. And I, I hope to meet her someday in person, but that's how that came about. And then the other products we just curate from brands. We just contact brands we like, and we want to do business with, and we build relationships. That's really what 
the ultimate moral of the story is. I love that you were like, I Googled a bunch of stuff. That's Y'all, right. Everything you could possibly need is somehow somewhere on Google. Sure it is. is just, it just might take you to page 10 of your Google search, just scrolling back, reading a lot of stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's there. So if you That's have right. the idea, you can, someone has done something similar that you can be like, oh, that worked. Let me do this trial this mm-hmm. and I love that your shave butter comes from a small business I love me too. I love that I did sort of <laughs> imagine you just like in your like bathroom mixing different <laughs> things with a mixer and like blender just I can do it <laughs> no I you would some... not want what I create <laughs> but I think that's kind of the biggest appeal of that subscription box is because generally they are supporting small businesses in some way, shape, or form because they're going to put brands that you've never heard of. Anytime I get like an Epsi bag, I have no idea what half the brands are. I'm like, well, this is fun. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but you see that brand, let me go look at this, check this out. And it really just opens your eyes up to new things. And it's just super, super convenient to know that things will just appear at my doorstep. But I, I, I have been so... I have been blessed by Amazon and subscription boxes because <laughs> I don't really like to go even before the pandemic. I was not a big like go out of the house, go shopping person. I'm just like, it's a waste of time. I'm going to buy a bunch of stuff that I actually don't want and I don't need. And I hate that. And my mm-hmm. husband is very squirrel brain and just, oh, look shiny, puts it in the cart. Oh, look shiny, puts it in the cart. This, it just comes to my door. I don't have to yeah. put on your pants. it is it's nice to be able to explore new brands that you may not have discovered before and it's also a marketing win for those brands too to get more visibility for them so so going through since you've been in business for a few years what was probably one of the most painful hardest lessons that you learned early on about getting into business especially a product-based business Yeah. Okay. That was, there was a period that was super, super hard for us, um, for me personally. So like I said, we launched in 2016. So the very end of 2016. So it was really 17 was our first full year. Um, And we were just trucking right along. Things were going great. Um, And then November rolled around and things started to slow down a little bit. And I thought, this is so bizarre. Why are things slowing down? Like this is about, we're we're entering holiday season. You'd think we'd see a little spike, like what's going on. And so I just went to my computer and I did a little research to see like, what's going on. Is there a new competitor? Like what's happening? And sure enough, there was, there was a new competitor that had just launched. They had just raised a ton of money, several million dollars in um, VC funding. They were backed by tons of investors and just, they had much more capability than I did, right? Like finances than I did. And they were, they were just exploding everywhere. And I just thought I was done. I thought it was the end. I was just like, how am I going to compete? How am I going to be able to compete against this big brand? And I remember it was like literally three days. I just cried on the couch. Like I couldn't even get up. I was just so heartbroken that everything that I had put my heart and soul into was just crumbling around me. And I remember calling up a a mentor friend at the time who had had a lot of success in the subscription box industry. And I told him what happened. And I just, I said, what am I going to do? Like, I'm, I think I'm done. And he said, I have never seen anybody speak with so much passion about their business as you. She said, there are, I see, 
I see two options for you. One is you can go toe to toe with them, raise funds and try to compete with them toe to toe. And I'll help you do that if you want to do that because he's, he's raised funds before. Or two, you can carve out your own niche and you can stay in business and you can just continue to serve the customers that you love and do what you love. He didn't give me an option to quit. And I think that that was a really pivotal point for me um, because I thought that that was the end. And so what I really learned from that was a, we don't ever quit unless like, you know, we will, we really need to, right. But we don't quit because of competition. Competition doesn't mean that it's the end and that there's room for you too. And there was room for me too, even amongst these really big million dollar players, we've been able to stay, you know, consistent and, and pivot a little bit here and there and, and continue to grow. But not to let competition totally take you out of the game because there's always going to be competition, but there's always room for you too. So that was my biggest lesson through the pain. <laughs> yes. Competition. It can competition in your same field can really mess with your head. Mm. But when you know who you're serving and what your focus is, because the people who are with you, in, who are going to be with you are going to be with you because it's you. Yeah. They're not going to be with you because of X, Y, and Z that has to do with that other thing. And they're going to be like, no, this is what I like. This is what I want. These are the things that I'm going to get. And especially with that individualized feedback, getting to customize those boxes, because we've seen tons and tons and tons of different kind of companies and products raise tons and tons of money and like throw all of that out there. And it's just like a marketing gimmick. And then it just, and then they're just like, well, bye. And they'll implode. So just because something else can raise a whole bunch of money really, really fast because people think that it will do well is a totally different ballgame than creating from the ground up that kind of loyalty with people. Because people, contrary to, I think, some belief, will pay more to stay loyal. Like, I will pay more for things and brands that support the things that I like and who take care of me. My Four Sigmatic is my coffee company. (laughs) I get so many different things from them. In no way is this an ad sponsored, but like (laughs) I, I love it. I love getting like different kinds of coffee delivered, new samples. And I, it's definitely for sure more than if I just went and I bought a bag of coffee in the store, hundred percent. Like it is, it is more, but I'm like, this is quality and I love it. And I will give them my money for as long as they stay in business. That's right. Because I love their messaging and what it is. So the big focus when you're starting something, really anything is to know who you are, who you're serving. And that is how people will care. That is why people will care about you especially in small business. I love that. I love that so much. And just taking care of your customers, right? Like that's just the end all be all. Like the bigger companies don't have the ability to really get to know you as a customer. And we do. And I think that that's something that's special for small business in general. Small business are, I should look at this stat, like most businesses in reality are small businesses. We see big, big box businesses, Yeah. but they started from small businesses. They pulled products from smaller businesses and just put them in a big store. People hate on Amazon a lot, but Amazon really is just a delivery vehicle for so many smaller businesses to have a platform to sell their products. 
So you can just check. And if you're really that concerned about your Amazon purchasing, just click the link that goes directly to that person's website. I do it yep. all the time. That's and right. I just wait for delivery. Like it's okay. <laughs> um, oh, that's another thought. I didn't think about this. What was, how was the logistics of figuring out how to deliver all of this? <laughs> yes. Oh so luckily God. I know that that was a, a bit overwhelming at first. And I think that's one of the questions I get asked the most. Um, in the beginning, you know, we were dealing in smaller quantities, you know, a hundred or so at a time. So it was, it, while that is a lot, it was manageable, right? You know, so um, we, we made a relationship again, back to building relationships. We built a relationship with our postmaster. We went into the post office, our local post office, and we we're like, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is the business model we've just created. And, you know, will you be able to support us? Like, how will this work? And so we work together. A lot of post offices will just come to your house and pick up so you can actually pack boxes and fulfill right from your home. That's totally no problem. They'll come to your house and pick up your goods. Um, we, we had them do that for a little while, but then after a while it got to be too much. They just couldn't fit them in their regular mail trucks and that kind of thing. So, um, now we have a special loading dock that we can use at their, um, at their, their site where we just drop things off and, and it's worked out really well. But I think that the thing really is about, you know, communicating with your postal service or your local post office center, because they are going to be your partner, um, you know, event as you grow. So you definitely want to have a good relationship. And then um, I use a shipping software called Pirate Ship, and that's what we use to buy our labels. It's, it's a spoiler alert. You can get commercial rates um, through Pirate Ship. So definitely use it. <laughs> um, and then we just systematize fulfillment, um, packing boxes, pre-packing and kidding and having things ready to go so that when orders came in, it was super easy to just slap on those labels and ship them out the door. Perfect. I worked in a candy store for a while, like in high school and oh man, we pack a lot of like one pound boxes to send out. And like the mailman knew on his specific day. So we were the last thing he came to. So the (laughs) truck was empty. Ready. (laughs) And we just have like the dolly of just here's some candy. But we gave him candy all the time. I think they like traded off like who got to come to the candy shop and who didn't because they left their own candy. (laughs) They were going to have to take all these boxes. But yeah, that was so like having the ability to be able to just pre-print those labels. Like we had all of like the pre-sized USPS boxes yeah, um, that we were able to get from them back when you had to actually like pay for all the boxes. Yeah. One size fits all. You still have to yeah. pay for those, but then you still have to pay your shipping. Mm-hmm. So how did, how long did it take you to become like really profitable in a sense? Because I know people shy away somewhat from creating things. They're like, there's so much upfront and like brick and mortar. I feel like a subscription service is way easier than a store storefront. Mm-hmm. But how long did it take you to become profitable? Like you don't tell me how much, but just yeah. like how many years, months, hours? Yes. Yeah. That's a great question. And I agree with you. I don't think people talk about this enough. Um, I, I would say for us, because we had we're a little bit of a unique situation because we had to invest in a higher quantity of the actual razors. Um, most subscription boxes don't have to 
buy a lot of inventory upfront. You just buy for the first month and then you buy for the second month. But um, where we had to make that investment, it did take us about five months, I would say, before we were profitable. And then I didn't pay myself. I didn't pay myself a salary until after the year mark. And I think that um, (laughs) the reason why I did that, I was working full time. um, And I, what I wanted to do is bring on help before I paid myself. I wanted somebody in customer service to help me with that, to create a little bit more margin in my life personally. So I did that. And then I left my full-time job and then I took a salary at that point. So that's kind of the way I did it, but yeah, it would, it would, it would be different for everybody, but for us, it was about five months. That's very helpful to know to (laughs) think that it's not going to be years and years and just be a super scary thing. Cause I was thinking like, how many razors did you guys have to buy if you're getting them from a specific thing, what that investment is like the whip you could probably get in small batches. You're right. Uh, but some manufacturers like require like X amounts. Where did you store all this stuff? Was this just like <laughs> in your house? Because I've got yes. like a friend who's doing like t-shirts for her company and their spare bedroom is just like boxes <laughs> of shirts and bags and the shipping machine. Yes, it probably looked very similar to our spare bedroom. So we moved all the furniture out of our guest room and that became like my little mini warehouse where we had all the product and shelving and that kind of thing in there. Um, and then eventually, so that was the beginning. And then eventually we have this really big unfinished basement and we really didn't have anything down there besides a few storage items. So we just cleared that out and we turned that into our warehouse and like legit turned it into a warehouse. It has its own entrance and that kind of thing. And so that is where we still continue to fulfill to this day. We are getting close to needing to move into our own warehouse, like outside of the home, but being a mom, I have two little kids. I love the like flexibility of being able to just run downstairs if I need to and check on, I have girls that come in and help fulfill and do packing and that kind of thing. So I can still be available. You know, I can kind of bounce around and I love I love that. So eventually we're going to move out, but I will say that for some people, like if you don't have the space and you don't, you you can't keep it in your house, that's totally fine. There are fulfillment centers um, that you can partner with that will do all of the packing and fulfillment for you. So that's totally an option. I love that. What did the people thinking in your life think when you were like, so, uh, I need y'all to try these razors and (laughs) this is a new thing that I'm doing. Uh, surprise (laughs) you know it's so funny I haven't thought back about on that time period in a long time but yeah that's exactly how it went I was like okay friends and family like this is time to try out my new products we're going to be launching this business and I need feedback I need testers and actually now that you think of it now that I think of it I was part of a mom's group on Facebook and I actually rallied some of the girls in the group I didn't I had never met them in person but you know we were buddies online and I said hey I'm going to send out some razors and shea butter to you guys can you just try it and give me some feedback and it ended up being a really good thing because they gave me really honest feedback that I needed to shape the business. So yeah, leverage your network for sure. Yes. Facebook groups. I have, I have found so many of like my ideas for different programs and things off Mm. of just like Facebook groups. Cause they're going to be so many different people. And a lot of times you do not know who these people are in real life. And so they have no emotional attachment to any of it like because you're gonna be so attached to your idea in the beginning so attached it's it's your baby and you're so scared and these people will be like well this is gonna work and this isn't and here's this 
and you just need to I think something that I struggled with was separating me from my idea like oh they didn't like my idea they like me they didn't like my idea they were like just do this other thing and that was really hard I was like but I oh you don't like me oh wait no no so that's something I really encourage in any for anyone just starting like you are not your idea you are your own person entirety if your idea does not work out that does not mean anything about your about you as a person oh I love that oh my gosh I think that is such an important message I love that I feel like we should say it again (laughs) you are not your idea you are not your product (laughs) I love that yeah you are not like a razor you are not whip Mm -hmm. butter you are not an online program you are not those things because those things you can just walk away from you can't walk away from yourself that's so right. honor yourself and know generally when you're actually asking for PD pack, people aren't trying to be mean to you. They're really not. Mm-hmm. They're just like, I wouldn't buy that. They want to help. That. That's right. The same way. There's lots of things that I wouldn't buy. Somebody had those ideas. Mm-hmm. I don't care. That's right. That That's right. Not for that thing is not for me. So it's important to know that not everything is for everyone. Not yes. Is for everyone. That is so true. And something that I struggled with it in the beginning, because I would, when I first started running Facebook ads and Instagram ads, I got a lot of negativity on my ads. And like, people were like, really mean, like telling me that I was charging pink tax and like all of these things. And what's wrong with you? Why are you genderizing razors and all of these things? And it made me feel really, it was like a personal thing. Like they were attacking me personally. And so I had to really learn to separate that and that understand that I'm not for everybody, my business, my company, my products, they're not for everybody. They're not for people who, who don't care about the things that I, that I'm providing. So I think that that's a great distinction and to remember that it's okay. You, you don't have to be for everybody. Cause if you are for everyone, you are for literally no one. That's right. That's you right. Can't. And I, I still struggle with that in business and we to some extent I think all business owners will because we're like this is so great I can help you but there's just there's always going to be someone who's just like well I don't I literally don't need that that's right and I have to remember that as a person I also say well I don't need that Mm -hmm. to a lot of things just like it's Mm -hmm. fine it is yeah it is (laughs) so what do you think at the very beginning, what would have helped you the most if you, what you know now that you wish that you knew then? I think for me, um, it would be that you don't have to do it perfectly. You don't have to be perfect in your execution to just do the thing. Um, so many times I know that I held myself back from not taking action on something that I, I think would have been a really good idea, you know, or, or, you know, been a creative way to try something new. And I just didn't do it because I didn't have it perfect or I didn't know how to have it be perfect. And I think a lot of people do that. So, um, in the, I think that's one thing. And then the a more tactical thing would be margins, right? Like I didn't have anybody telling me or guiding me, you know, how to manage my margins or what margins to even shoot for within my business. And they were definitely thin when I first launched and I had to raise my price a couple of times that first year. Um, and so that was kind of, you know, one of those areas that I could have totally avoided it had I had somebody kind of teaching me or guiding me in that area. Have you ended up investing in like coaches or like business things since then, since you came from such a different 
back I like as if I came from any I'm an English major <laughs> as if I came from a marketing background like that's <laughs> what was what was what was that kind of like for you because you it sounds like you like had the idea and you just started mm-hmm. so what was like it like investing in a coach or someone to assess your business and help you find those margins yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. There was nobody I could find at the time that was coaching specifically for subscription box businesses. It just didn't exist in 2016. It does now, yay. Um, But at the time, so in the beginning, I did hire a business coach, just kind of a, a more generic business coach. That was, she helped me tremendously just kind of think about things in a different way. So that was really helpful. And then after our, after we did, you know, kind of maybe 200 or $250,000 worth of sales. That's when I invested in a CFO and I did some work with a CFO, somebody who could really manage, help me look at my financials in a different way and guide me and direct me to making better decisions. So that was a very worthy investment. And I would definitely recommend that to anybody at that level for sure. I know you said that you've done some ads on Instagram and Facebook. At what point did you start investing in that? At what point was it no longer just like, your social media word of mouth when were you like we are ready to invest in that because I still don't even do Facebook ads I see lots of people do Facebook Mm -hmm. ads forever like my whole life is just getting Facebook ads which I don't (laughs) mind yeah the algorithm understands me now they know you algorithm so (laughs) just like just give me the things that I want in the internet just tell me what I want I love it. Yeah. Um, so we started doing Facebook ads, I would say about the fourth or fifth month in, um, like I said, I really worked hard, um, on pre-launch. So that was really, I was building that audience before I even had a product to launch. So I had a nice email list of about a thousand people that I could launch to and I could nurture. And, um, once we launched, we did, we initially, launched a referral program. So we were able to kind of leverage our customers to be like our mini marketing army, I guess, if you will. And they, um, we incentivized, we paid them five bucks for every customer that they brought to us. And that really kind of helped to keep things going organically. And then I, I had experience running Facebook ads from my nine to five job. So I think that that was kind of a, a benefit that I had there. So I dabbled in Facebook ads, but I will say I doubted myself. I thought to myself, oh, you really don't know what you're doing very well. Like, I'm sure there's somebody that could be doing this way better for you. Maybe you should hire an agency. And so we hired an agency that first year. And that was probably one of the biggest mistakes I made um, at the time. We just weren't ready for something like that. That was a really big investment. It was super expensive. And honestly, they didn't know my business the way I knew my business. And so they couldn't get results that were better than the results I were, I was getting. And I let that go a little bit too long. I think we stayed on with them for about three months. I really just wanted to give it a fair shake and it just didn't work out. And so after the three months, I stopped the bleeding of the money and I took it back over myself and I invested in a Facebook ads, um, coaching program for myself. And I, I really decided to master Facebook ads myself. I'm, I own this business. I know this business. I want to be able to pull those marketing levers myself. And that has served us really, really well. I love that. I love that. I love that you tried and we're like, Let, let's try, but you also knew that you knew you could do it. Yeah, so for sure. Even if you think that somebody else knows better than you, because you're early on in business, they probably don't, they don't know necessarily 
your mission statement. They don't know what you're really trying to do. And if they cannot understand that and get on board with that and really serve you results, you do not have to keep paying them money. Yeah. You do not have to pay someone a lot of money to not get you the results that you are looking for, to not stay true to a decent extent to what you are trying to do. And I think that's so important. Like give everything a good try for sure. Give everything a good try and then be like, actually, I got this. And then maybe later on you will outsource that as you guys grow, but you will always know the ins and outs of your business. That's right. Trust yourself. Yes. (laughs) trust yourself more than I think we give ourselves credit for Mm, for sure so true like I was in no way shape or form educated or taught to like trust yourself like no trust somebody who knows better than you trust Mm. somebody who's done it better than you like but they aren't doing it the way that I want to do it yeah yeah so trust yourself (laughs) that's right now if you could go back and hang out with yourself on the day that you became a full-fledged grown-up adult because we all know we are complete and total adults on the day we turn 18 obviously adulting (laughs) is so it's totally easy after you're 18 100 right what would you tell yourself i love this question i don't think i've ever been asked this question so it's super fun and creative i love it um you know, I don't, I think that I would tell her because we are at that stage where we're, we're expected to know what we want to do and be and, you know, chase our dreams and all this thing, but these things, but we are just babies. We are just babies. So I think I would tell her to really believe in herself and to work on that mindset of being able to, to believe in yourself to an unshakable extent, because once you master that, I know that for me, all of my, all of my problems and challenges, I would say 90% of them have been mindset issues. They've been me getting in my own way, holding myself back. And so I would really impress upon it for her to just master that mindset, to believe in herself so that she can just do whatever she wants to do and start earlier. Yes, the theme of this month is definitely just starting. And so far, and really, I've done almost 100 interviews with different coaches and such over the last year. And no one has ever been like, you know, I wish I started later. I (laughs) I wish I hadn't started when I did. It's always, I wish I had just started. I wish I had just gone for it earlier. Because the earlier you start, that gives you more time to fail your way forward and to have no idea what you're doing until one day you're like, oh my gosh, this worked. Yes, that's going to work. And then you can expand on it because the sooner you start, the sooner you can fall flat on your face and learn all the things that aren't going to work. And the sooner you learn all the things that aren't going to work, the sooner you get past that fear of like, oh no, it didn't work. Oh no, it didn't work no, okay, that thing didn't work. Maybe try it a different way Mm. because you're never going to learn anything. Like you can have all of the best strategy and somebody can tell you exactly what to do and it can be perfect. You can have all the manufacturers lined up, but until you have to put a box together and mail it to someone and have it get there, Mm -hmm. you have no idea. Until you talk to somebody, you have no idea. So So just start today. Every time I do one of these episodes, I'm like, just start today. Yeah. Whether that is 
writing down your idea, getting it out of your head, brainstorming what you could potentially have to do, do a Google search, watch a YouTube video, talk to somebody, whatever your step one is, however small it seems is still your step one. I love that. I couldn't agree more. I think that confidence really comes from taking action and you really won't know until you get started. So time to get started. What are you most looking forward to for the rest of this year? There's so much year left. (laughs) It's like April, like at this point, we're just still in like March, 2020 in my head. Sometimes I'm like, we're just, everything is just a continuous thing, but there's, (laughs) there's so much year left and there's so much possibility out there at this point. Ooh, I love how you just said that. There's so much possibility. That's so true. Um, well, I am first and foremost getting really excited to start traveling again. I can't wait for that to happen. I hope that happens this year. Um, <laughs> but secondly, you know, my team and I have really just been working so hard behind the scenes, creating really amazing, spectacular resources that I'm so excited about um, that will be able to help other women and other other people in general um, launch and grow their own subscription box business because this business has truly changed my life. It's changed my family's life. It has been such a gift for us. And I just, I can't imagine a better way to spend my time than being able to help other families um, do the same thing. So we're creating lots of resources and we'll be launching those later this year. And I'm just super excited about that. I'm super excited for that too, because the more people hear this, the more people are like, oh, I can do this and this and this. And it's not so scary. Yeah. Because everything seems scary until you do it. And then you're like, oh, that's actually not that bad. Like it's going to be hard. There's going to be hard times, but at the same time, probably won't die. I keep probably not, (laughs) probably not going to die from your like super great idea. Unless it's (laughs) like the, a parachute like a mesh parachute maybe that's a bad idea that's a bad idea I hope they didn't test that in reality I'm gonna no. google that later they're like mesh parachute it probably still somehow works somehow there's probably a military one that works sidetracked <laughs> but you're right on the other side of fear could be the very best thing they've ever done so time to just give it a try. So I will have all of the ways people can connect with you in the show notes so that they can get on the all girl shave club. Cause <laughs> y'all you. shaving is its own trial and error experience. So anything that's going to make that life easier. So <laughs> important tell your friends, support small businesses. We love it. Um, and then the resources that people can connect with you so that they can learn more about creating these as you work on launching those Uh, different programs, different offerings, different consulting things. And I just love to have my guests close out with any final thoughts, anything exciting that you got. The floor is (laughs) yours. So fun. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, If you do have any listeners that are interested in starting their subscription box business, I'd love to give them a free checklist so they can get that at jessicaprincipe.com slash quick start. And like you said, that will be in the show notes. But um, yeah, I'm just super excited to be here. Thank you so, so much for having me. 